got our names from the woman that I came from. I want you while we take it from my women, while we break my women, do we hate our women? My brothers, my brothers, I love you. I, love you. I hate to know some of you treat us like lovers. Black car revolt, maybe you can use discover. Define yourself, do you feel the same way about your mother? Do you overlook our beauty, but you love it on all the others? Hope you teach your daughters all to stay away from suckers like yourself if you don't love yourself. I'm so southern, I was taught to feed the soul with the without hot ovens. Here's a play. Know your hate come from a black man's struggle. We all in the same shape, so I know I fit your puzzle. Hey queens, welcome to another week with your host Latina. I am feeling this song. Oh my god, this track is called Afini by Rhapsody. If you're not familiar with her, get familiar with her. Her music is so dope. She speaks nothing but the truth. All about uplifting and encouraging just women to be great. And it, it just flows with today's episode. I had the opportunity to meet with Christina McClendon, who is the creator of the Soft Spot blog. And we really tackled some, we're truly just some uh, topics that a lot of women are not comfortable speaking out about aloud. So I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it. I think we're just going to, you know, get into today's topic. Hey queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. So before we start, I have to always do a hey queens. Hey queen. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. And for the listeners, this is Christina. She is the creator and the passionate mind behind the Soft Spot blog. Say something now, queen. Say hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what I've been doing for everyone that I've interviewed is kind of start off with some questions. And they are from this study called To Fall in Love with Anyone, Do This. It refers to psychologist Arthur Aaron. And pretty much it's 36 questions that are supposed to get you to reflect and understand your partner and get you comfortable enough to be transparent. So even though we aren't partners, the purpose of it is to get you a little bit more comfortable during our conversation. We are partners. We're soul sisters. (laughs) We are soul sisters. (laughs) So question one, what would you constitute as a perfect day for you? A perfect day for me would be um, getting up at six o'clock, 20 minutes of yoga, a fresh cup of coffee, hazelnut, Mm -hmm. um, writing in my journal for at least 15 to 20 minutes, a nice hot shower, a load of laundry, and then my kids wake up. All of that before the kids before the day starts. Wow. (laughs) She's like, and do a load of laundry before the kids wake up. 
Meanwhile, my alarm goes off. I lay in the bed for like another 35 minutes. And then I try to get up. I'm. It's bad. Pandemic has really got me very lazy. Okay, question two. Hmm. What in your life do you feel most grateful for? Therapy. Therapy. Why is that? I'm grateful for therapy, most grateful for therapy, for therapy, because therapy has really pointed out some things or made me reflect on certain things about myself, Mm -hmm. um, which helps in all of my relationships. And that includes me being a mom, uh, me being someone's partner, Mm -hmm. me being a daughter, me being a sister, and then overall as a woman. So there are a lot of things that have happened in my therapy session that have made me go, damn. (laughs) I really had to like sit down and journal and just think about the toxic ways of myself and Mm. even the good parts of myself too. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. I like that. Well, you know, as a therapist, I'm always rooting for a little connection, but (laughs) yes. I think this kind of segues into my third question for you, too. Uh, what roles do love and affection play in your life? Um, love and affection plays a giant role. I'm a cancer. I run off of emotions. I run off of love and affection. I need that um, mm-hmm. to feel comfortable. You know, I always want to know that someone appreciates me or that someone loves me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel like I have that, like there's a part of me that is just not hope. Mm. You know, so, I'm just like sitting here one, like I said, because cancer to cancer. Okay. Yes. So that's you know, for us, you're a cancer too. You know, you know that family, love, home, that's our that's us. That's our love that language. Is what makes us, that is a big part of our life. So I need that. Yes. I love that. I'm not gonna go into your entanglement, but I mean whenever you want to address it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> So now that you're comfortable, (laughs) please start by introducing yourself. My name is Christina McClendon. I am 34 years old. I am a mom to an eight-year-old boy, one-year-old girl. I have a blog called The Soft Spot Blog. I'm an early childhood educator, but I am now a stay-at-home mom. Multifaceted. Okay, all around. All around. <laughs> and that that really is why I even thought of doing these mini chats because literally all of the women that are is a part of this movement, there's so many levels to us. We're not just an employee or we're not just a mother, you know, we're not just someone's partner. Like we really wear a lot of hats. And I think we kind of forget that there's so much success in our mess. Like we're not supposed to be perfect. Um, so each woman that I'm going to be interviewing this month, they all have a story to, sh- to share. I don't think any of the women are alike, but in some ways, we all have learned the same life lessons. So, And you did mention that you have a blog. So how and when did you create your blog? And maybe you can tell us a, a little bit more of the mission and how you came up with the name. So... Um... Okay, when I originally started blogging, it was called Hues of Blue. And I started that blog in um, 2014. Mm -hmm. My son was two years old. And 
there was a quote that I had seen by Rebecca Sonnet, and it was from one of her books. And it was about the color blue mm. and the hues of it. And um, I loved it because it kind of described how we are in our lives, how mm. different shades of blue represent different things that have happened to us. So like mm. a lighter shade of blue might be a happy moment. A darker shade of blue might be something extremely traumatic. So right. I thought that it was a perfect name for a blog. So after maybe like a few years, um, I decided that I would stop blogging. I had like a writer's block right. for a while, like years. And then I picked it back up. And after I had my daughter, I decided to start up again. But it, it was like something totally different. Mm. I didn't want it to be Hughes of Blue anymore. I needed it to be something else. I didn't want it to be all about me. Right. I wanted it to be a space for other women, too. Like, I didn't want to just be the only one blogging. I know there's right. other women out there that go through the same things I go through or maybe something different. So I wanted it to be a collective space for anyone to get on and say, hey, I have something to say. Yes. So when I came up with the name for it, I, I was stressing. I'm like, <laughs> I need a name for this. I don't want it to be something corny. I don't, you know, I want it to be something. Mm -hmm. And the soft spot was birthed from my mother. My mother um, called the soft spot um, right here in the neck. Right. Um, she called that the soft spot because that's where my daughter nuzzles. Oh. She used to curl up in the neck and that was her safe space. <laughs> that was her spot that I she would go that. to when she went to get comfortable and go to sleep. And I'm like, that's a perfect name yes. for this blog. That's the perfect name for this space. I'm thinking like, the oh, the neck, that's, that's my spot yes, too. Right? She would just curl up right there. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is the soft spot. This is our safe space. Mm. This is where we can go to, to talk, or this is where we can go to see other women talk about things that maybe we're not comfortable talking about. Right. We can talk about motherhood and that's the mission, like to be able to be open or feel feel safe, feel, don't feel weird about certain things or don't right. feel weird about talking about sex or sexuality or being a mom or the things that we go through as mothers. Cause it's not always peaches right. being a mom. Right. We, we be going through some stuff. Yes, we do. <laughs> we go through some like, stuff. Like nobody tells you these things. No, they always want to give no. you the good shit about, Oh, you're going to love being a, no, we be going through things. Listen. And I, it's so, it's so amazing that you even thought of this blog because I realized you you kind of started this this movement with divine uh, femininity and body shaming on social media. And I remember you inboxing me like, I need you to take a nude for me. And I was just like, wait, what you mean? <laughs> what kind of nude? Like, I, you know, and you're like, no, no, no. It can be, you know, however you want. You don't have to show your face. Um, so... How did that idea come about? And, you know, just explain to me, what is it to be divine and, and to stop body shaming? So that idea came when, so I got on Instagram one day and I was going to make a post on the soft spots Instagram and mm. I couldn't. Every time I went there, it was blank. Wow. There was nothing there. So I thought something was wrong with my phone. I thought something was wrong with the app. I deleted it, downloaded it again. And it went on for like at least a week. And I was like, what? What's going on? And then finally, I got a notification mm. that said I had been reported for posting um, something against the Instagram rules for nudity and all this stuff. And I'm like, what was it? 
So I had put something in my stories. Um, it was nude art mm. that a friend of mine posted and someone reported it. Wow. And I was like, wow. So it wasn't like, all of it wasn't nude. It was a collage of beautiful women. Right. And there was one person in there. It was a model with no top on, but it was like a tasteful nude. And right. I got reported for it. So I felt a way. Right, <laughs> I right. I felt a way about it. Like, why would you? And then I asked her, did you get reported? And she's like, no. And I, I definitely felt some kind of way. So I was like, okay, well, it's time to do something about that. And right. no lie. Like the universe heard me because the entire week I just kept seeing things about how women are being censored. Even, um, I don't know if you follow um, Mama Glow and mm. it's about like pregnant moms and stuff. They have a hashtag called Stop Censoring Women. And when I look through there, there's so much that wow. they try to keep offline. Right. Giving birth is not something to censor. Right. And we're being censored. Or so I'm like, yeah. I contacted some women, like a couple. I didn't think I would get the, as many as I did. And asked, like, can you send me a nude or like a comfortable picture? It doesn't even have to right. be a nude picture. But something that, that makes you feel sexy, a, a photo. You don't have to include your face or if you want to, you can. But I want right. you to send me something um, that exudes your sexuality yeah. and makes you feel like a woman. And they sent it to me and y'all gave me some captions and songs to put in there and it was just so it was empowering like even my friend she sent me something and said something about how she loves like her little belly pouch because Mm -hmm. it reminds her that she gave light because she has a son like things like that that's how I felt when I took mine um and just to give I guess a description of how my picture looks so I was in a nude color panty set. So it was very, you know, closely related to my skin color. I had my plants around me. You know, I love my my plants. Uh, and I showed my belly. And for a long time, I would just hide that area of my body because when I was a young mom and I was still growing into, I guess, my womanhood. And then my my body just changed and I have beautiful stretch marks. And it took almost 11 years (laughs) to realize that. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm taking this picture. Um, It was very sexy, but still classy. I think it was artistic. And I remember sending it to you and I was like, I don't know what people are going to say. I don't know what the comments are going to be. And I remember you writing something to me like, I like how you are accepting your body. Like you're wearing crop tops now. You're you're posting this and you're not worried about how it looks. And I was like, yeah, I kind of have grown into this is this is who I am, you know? Like I can't change it and it's it's not like I I don't know. I don't know how I don't understand why people shame women for having stretch marks when we've carried life. Like that's not something that everyone is capable of doing. Right. And I think that we get so caught up in um, these images that are portrayed on TV and right. music videos and these we social think, oh, media that's what supposed to look like. like right. I hate, and I don't judge anyone who wants to get plastic surgery. That's just not something I'm down with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hate when people think that they have to. Right. Because, oh, I had a baby. I need to get my boobs up. Like, that's what happens when you right. birth kids. That's what happens when you give life. Like, you... You literally just did something amazing. Amazing. It's that very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to take a toll on your body. Some people it doesn't, and some people it does. Mm-hmm. And I realized that 
even having my daughter, like I had my son at 27 and I bounced back. I ain't really bounced back like I did. Second one is not always the same. I'm a little older, you know, (laughs) that weight didn't come off as easy. It wasn't as easy birthing her Mm -hmm. as it was with him. Like, it's a lot of things with that. And I don't think that people recognize what we go through when we give life. And when someone shames us or says even like a little, and I'm sensitive, so don't say nothing to me about my weight. Right. I'm going to feel the way. Right. You got a little stretch mark. And? And I was going to (laughs) say, I think. Body shaming goes further than just, you know, women that have had children. There are women who are naturally small. They're just very petite. There are women who are very curvy. And that doesn't mean they can't wear a two-piece and and still feel sexy. Like, I love Lizzo because she's like, this is who I am. I'm all woman. I'm comfortable in my body. And I've seen people say, like, oh, she's doing too much. She needs to take this down. I'm like, you guys will shame Lizzo and then praise like a Lori Harvey. Why is that? They're both just as beautiful. They, you know, they're, they're each unique. Um, and so it's, it's funny that body shaming is, is so prevalent still, or everyone now wants to look a certain way. Even with our makeup, everyone's makeup looks the same. Everyone's style of dress is the same. (laughs) It is so hard to just be yourself. And that's why I love your blog, because you're really promoting women to just be who they are and feel fucking amazing doing it. (laughs) I had to grow into that, though. Mm. I wasn't always that way. I think you know, as I got older, I just started like learning every time I shared something, it would resonate with someone. And that's how I ended up becoming mm. up, ended up becoming a little more transparent about certain right. things. And then you get to a point where it's kind of like, you know what, I don't really care what people think about yes. these experiences, because I know that somewhere someone went through that. Right. And it's going to help them. Right. So I know you say you also like to talk about sexuality and my question for you is what has been the most challenging for you when it comes to sexuality? (sighs) For me, it probably has been This is a good question. I'll answer it too, um, but after sexuality, you. <laughs> I think for for me, well, let me start with the fact that it really is a self-love thing. Mm. So I was not a person who loved herself. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to love myself because once you love yourself, it that's that's a direct connection with you being um, in touch with your sexuality. Right. Who you are as a woman and knowing what, pleases you and knowing you know it's really forget the man right i think that people get that you know all tangled up like forget the man it's really about who you are man or woman now because some of our queens right and knowing who (laughs) knowing your body Mm -hmm. and and being in touch with your body and in tune with your body for even for wellness purposes not just for sex yeah i mean and sex is so much more than just sex (laughs) right there's so much more to that and that's something that people have to learn too so I had to really like therapy helped which I'm gonna keep saying that because it's part of the healing process and once you heal things from like your inner childhood and even your adulthood and things that have happened to you a 
whole lot of other things open up. You are so your spot body on. is that you know what I mean. You connect yes. differently with your partner, and that makes for you to feel confident. In, yes, as a woman, you know. I was gonna say for me, uh, sexuality was challenging for me, and I've shared this and so many episodes ago. I talked about my trauma story, and I said, you know, oftentimes when you've experienced a, a sexual trauma at a young age. People automatically assume that you don't want sex or you're afraid to, you know, be intimate physically with someone. But in other cases, you crave it. It becomes uh, like an addiction for you. And so for me, because I was, you know, sexually assaulted at a young age, I thought that was how you show love to people. And so I was very sexual. I won't say promiscuous, but I was very sexual. When I was frustrated with things, I would want my partner to have sex with me not understanding that that was my trauma response and it was a maladaptive response. I needed to learn how to actually cope with the feelings that I was feeling and not look for someone to just satisfy the the body. Um, And since then, it's just like you say, you have a, a deeper connection with yourself, you have a sense of control and you feel empowered. Now, I still love sex, <laughs> but it's a, it's a different, it's a different vibe now. You know, and I, I've learned other ways of coping when I'm very stressed out or when I'm very anxious or when I'm sad and I can enjoy my sex in a different way. Um, so that yeah. was very challenging for me. Yeah. Damn, that was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because people, people don't like to talk about sex and you, I'll share, you know, we, we grew up in the same church together and they, they surely was not talking about it to us. It was kind of like, don't do it. But sex is, is a beautiful thing. I mean, sex was given to us by God, but we need to understand its purpose and not to be just so open with it. You know, it really is a divine connection. Um, and like I said, in my manifesting masturbation episode, you can do it by yourself. There is power, power Hello. in the pussy, ladies. <laughs> Connect with yourself. Connect with yourself. And that's a good point you made. Like, people don't like to talk about sex. Mm -hmm. And they make people feel like it's, you know, like something bad. Right. Don't talk about that. No, don't. No, we don't talk about that. Why? Like, instead of acting like it's such a horrible thing, it's natural. It's very natural. It's going to happen. It's an innate instinct. It's, it's, It's the same as hunger, sadness, you know, it. You can't physically not want sex. I don't think there's anyone that's truly asexual. That's not made for our genetic makeup, maybe for other animals and uh, insects and stuff. But I don't believe for humans that we are asexual. Um, And we we do. We have to open up that dialogue, especially for our children, because there's sex trafficking happening. There's child molestation and just so much stuff. And even for our our LGBTQI, there's so many letters now. And there's so many letters. I, I feel like it ends at I. <laughs> I don't know. You know, that conversation needs to be had with everyone as well because it's okay to not fit the norm. And I think that's a conversation, especially in our Black communities. Uh, stop shaming our Black queers, you know. No, seriously. For yeah. real. We love you guys. 
We do. And it, it bothers me. Like I have friends who are um, a part of that community. I have family members who are, and it like bothers me mm-hmm. every time um, I hear something or see something like that. And it's kind of like, come on, bro. Like, right. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> don't do that. We can't, we have to be supportive of them. We have to be there for them because just like it's hard for us being black men and women, it's even harder for them. Right. Right. There's so many things under their umbrella. Right. Right. (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. So describe a defining moment in your life. And this can be as far fetched as possible. Um, A defining moment in my life. Mm -hmm. I was 22 years old. Okay. um, And I was not dating i was messing with this guy it was a sexual relationship and i got pregnant and mm-hmm. i had an abortion mm-hmm. and that was a defining moment in my life that opened up one a lot of emotions obviously right um that is what helped me to have a stronger spiritual relationship with god mm-hmm. um that also prepared me to be a mom it also put me on the other side mm. of this line that I had because I was very judgmental of people who had abortions. I went to school with girls who use abortion as a, a form of birth control. Like they get wow. pregnant and oh, abortion. Yeah. Pregnant again, another one. And I would always be like, ugh. Like, you know what right. I mean? Right. But when I went to the clinic, I'll never forget it. I went to the abortion clinic. And I cried like I didn't even listen to the heartbeat mm-hmm. because I knew that if I did, I would make a different decision. And when I sat in the waiting room with this lady, they give you this pill. I don't know if they still do this, but they give you this pill to put under your tongue. It dissolves mm. and you have to wait 45 minutes. It's supposed to soften your cervix or something like that. Wow. And there was a woman in the waiting room with me and she just started talking to me. And she was saying that she was married. She had three kids already. Her and her husband lost their house in a fire Mm. and they were living separate. So she was living with two of the kids. He was living with one in family members' homes. Mm. And they had been homeless for four months and she was pregnant. And they decided that they did not want to have another baby because of the situation that they were in. So that put a different perspective um, in my mind about reasons why people have abortions people have their own opinions about these things i'm sure people don't agree and that's fine right but i also knew that if i ever got pregnant again whatever the situation was i would never have another one based on Mm. my own experience you know i i had a lot of problems after that i Mm -hmm. drank a lot um i questioned myself a lot i questioned if like god still loved me if Mm. he forgave me like it was a lot of things. I couldn't walk down to the baby aisle. I remember I was in church one day and, um, oh my gosh, Speedy's sister had a baby and the baby cried and I started crying and I had to leave church. Wow. Because how, wow. how it affected me. And it, you know, that moment, I don't think I was in my Bible any more in my life than I was at that point. Mm-hmm. For a very long time. And 
I just knew, like, I questioned a lot of things and it made me think about a lot of decisions that I made as, as a, a 20 something year old. I, I was, I was just running around with whoever, right. <laughs> like, right. that kind of, that slowed me down. And when I got ready to have my son, I just, I just was so elated. Do you, do you elated. remember? I always say that. I remember the conversation. I know. <laughs> We had pizza and wine at your house. We had pizza and wine, and I was like, "Babe, why are you not drinking any wine?" And he was like, Mm-mm. "And I was like, what do you mean?" Mm-mm. And he was like, "We're having a baby." And you know me, I'm crying like we having a baby. And I was like, "Listen, like, this, this is, is what we're gonna. This do. is what you're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna be okay. We got this." And it just, it was just amazing and I was just like I remember you saying you were you were further along than you expected I don't know if your cycles were off but you were just like I was still having a cycle for three months yeah so but the only thing what got me was I was going with my dad to visit my aunt Mm. and I passed out in Krausers and I was like why am I passing out and and I'm like I ate breakfast I couldn't figure it out yeah and then it happened to me again in CVS and I was like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) something's going on but boy that was that was a journey and when I really became a mom Mm -hmm. I was ready like I always say that my son was what saved me because I was a freaking mess after that I was coming in every weekend drunk (laughs) I was just drinking just to make myself not feel anything but Mm. then I would get drunk and cry like it was just a disaster yeah and that that goes along with this this whole stigma under sexuality, you know, you, you learn about how to make a baby, you learn about STDs, but no one teaches you the alternative options. I don't remember learning anything about abortion. Um, it wasn't until my twenties when I really understood what an abortion was. And I think if we're a little bit more educated, women wouldn't feel so ashamed when it happens, because just like you said, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's lifestyle is different. And there are some women who may have uh, conceived because of rape or their birth control truly just failed because my second son, I was on birth control and I took a plan B and I still became pregnant. He wanted to be here. And that's just that's just life. And I think that, again, it's our body and we should have the right to decide what we want to do and how we do it and also have that discussion with the partner However, but it shouldn't be up to legislations and presidents that we don't even support. So, right. <laughs> right. And so, from my last question, I am going to ask you: Do you have any questions for me? Hmm. Let's see. Ms. You're smirking. <laughs> you know what? I just have one question. Yeah. Why don't you tell me what a defining moment in your life has been? A defining moment for me, I was 19, just turned 19, and my oldest son was probably about three months old, three or four months old, and his father and I have been dating for probably five years, and everyone knew. If you saw me, you saw him, Um, but... People don't know the backstory is that he was very, very abusive. And I would wear long sleeves 
to school so that people couldn't see that I had bruises on my arms. Uh, he would do anything he can to separate me from like my friends, my family, my church. And when I had my son, I was just like, okay, we're going to be a family. He's going to love me differently. Uh, he's going to treat me right. And truly, it just became worse. And I remember we were arguing. He was always upset with me. Like Everything I did was just not good enough for him. Uh, and he would find a reason to yell at me and hit me. And I remember one time he went to hit me and I was holding my oldest son and I blocked the hit. <laughs> like I finally found the strength to just say, no, like this is, this is not okay. I can't do this anymore. Uh, and I started packing all my stuff and I had just bought a car. Didn't even have a license yet. The car wasn't registered. This is how you know God is amazing because I packed all my stuff up, put my son in the car, terrified to drive on the highway because I'd never really driven before. I mean, I knew how to drive around town, but not like in that capacity. And I, I just drove and I called my pastor. I called my mom. I called everybody. And I told them like, this is what has been happening and I need help. Uh, and I, I believe that's my defining moment because for a long time, I never asked for help. People always assume Tina's the good church girl. Uh, you know, she goes to the church every Sunday. Her grades are excellent. And I just did so much to please people that I was afraid to let people know I'm, I'm being hurt, like physically hurt. I'm afraid for my life. And it was in that time that I knew, one, that I was really supported by a lot of people, but I had a voice and he heard me that day when I said no. <laughs> um, and it's funny, I never share that story because I do have two children, uh, but a lot of people don't realize that my oldest son has a different father than my second. And I sometimes don't share it, not because I'm embarrassed, but because I feel like he's so absent that his story doesn't matter. It's not a part of mine anymore, but it, it truly is. I think he, um, he ignited something in me that allowed me to be a little bit more forthcoming and speaking up for myself. And over the years, I've gotten better, but he was the first person I was like, no, not doing this anymore. Yes, queens. Yes, yes, queens. Yes, queens. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And so before we end, I have to share with everyone that you did such an amazing thing for me for my birthday. Uh, you took the Crown Thoughts podcast logo and you have it branded on a shirt, which is so exciting. <laughs> and so as a way to say thank you, but also as a way to you know, come together as two women, two entrepreneurs, two influencers, I want to do a giveaway. So the Soft Spot blog and Crown Thoughts, the podcast, are going to do this self-care box for one lucky queen. It's going to have the shirt in there and there's going to be some other great gifts. I'm not sharing it on the podcast, uh, but I'm excited. The shirts are amazing. And I think that this is just the beginning of both of our platforms growing. Um, so I'm excited. 
I'm excited too. I was like praying that you would like your shirt. I'm like, I have to do this for her. When I, I saw the first one, I'm like, oh, she need more. <laughs> I loved it. You know me. I'm a crier. I love when people do nice things, especially when it's unexpected. And it's not about the gifts. It's just the thought of it. Uh, I've never had my face on anything so it's like my face is on the logo my face is on a shirt now I know that this platform is going to grow into something big because I've already manifested it and this just further <laughs> uh, strengthens that why you did it no don't answer <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that <laughs> oh my gosh so I need you to shout out your blog, tell people how they can find you, how they can follow you. Okay, you can catch me on Instagram um, at side the soft spot blog, and you can go to my personal page. It is not private. Hey, Miss Chris, H E Y M S K R I S, and I can't wait to connect with some of you. Yes, and the blog site. How can they read your writings? Oh, the link is off my Instagram uh, blog page. It's so long, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm trying to buy the domain name now, but yeah. So if you go to my Instagram page, there is a link tree and it has the link in there and you can scroll through the posts. Yes, queen. So I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you were able to do this interview with me. Uh, I, I know, know this it's is not the like, last time. We got kids, stuff <laughs> <laughs> life corona like, baby gotta be asleep <laughs> yes i literally i mean right now it's 12 15 a.m this is the time that i really sit down and start writing out everything for the blog or just recording and i think a lot of people don't realize there's so much work put into having your own business your platform being an influencer being a youtuber the only thing we're asking people to do is just to like share subscribe support us and that's it because we're we're truly our advocates for everyone else yeah yeah totally agree so but she's doing a great job at it thank you so are you so are okay, you thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me i really appreciate it this was fun this is awesome and so with that said queens recognize queens can't wait to chat crown. with you again. Yes, crown you. 